agents at the place when I'm gone Telling all the patients how to go to hell so long I see some more singing all the hell is you Oh, you're coming through Holding up the music Welcome to episode 300 of Talking Giants, presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Bennett. Justin, you forgot that this is episode 300. No, I didn't forget. I was actually thinking about it for the majority of today, and then I took what... I didn't even take a nap. I legitimately fell asleep at 6, 7 o'clock p.m. Monday night. And I've been doing this. Like, the last week, it's been bad. It's been like 8, 9, 10 p.m. I've been falling asleep. I asked Twitter for my medical diagnosis and help in terms of what's wrong with me. I've gotten some funny answers, um, including, I think this is my favorite one so far, about it's a long recovery from that 40-yard dash that I did back in April. So I'm, I'm still recovering from it. Um, and I'm exhausted by my longing for Shania Twain and my desire to... Pronounce words correctly. That was also one of my favorite ones, too. But yes, episode 300. Happy episode 300. Bobby Skinner, congratulations to you. Congratulations to Danny King. Um, I guess congratulations to me. It's been a, it's been a fun, it's been a fun ride so far. It's a, it's a beautiful ride, as Dewey Cox once said. Love that movie. Um, it's a great, it's a great, that's a great song. We've had the, that song is actually good at the end. Um, a beautiful ride by, by Dewey Cox. Um, so yeah, episode three hundred. It's technically not the three hundred ep- episode though. We had we've had either four or five episodes that weren't numbered. Yeah, we have we've had five. The first one, which is like the intro to Giants Nation podcast, a little trailer. Yeah, yeah. It was it was simply just to get us on all the podcast apps before we started releasing episodes. And then on our vacation week, for some reason, mine and Danny's first vacation week on the Fourth of July, we didn't we didn't number them. So we had our Fourth of July mailbag. A Rich Soybert interview and a Brandon Jacobs interview, and I I, yep. I put them all out in one day and didn't number them. And then there was one other one, which isn't as it's as fun to talk about. No. Um. So yeah, episode three hundred, pretty cool. On this episode, it's it's a pretty inconsequential episode to be honest. For episode three hundred, uh, we're actually doing our way too early look at two thousand twenty two free agency. But we also have an interview with Mickey Bruckner, who uh, trains Daniel Jones. <laughs> Um, and they train every day, which is pretty cool too. I didn't realize it was it was that often. So, um, a, a short conversation with him at the end, plus giant stories. Um, but Justin, how are you? Yeah, you know, besides me falling asleep way too early, and now, so now I will open it up. I will open up to the world. Let me know what's wrong with me. What's wrong with me? Am I just people have been saying I'm getting old? I am. You called me an old person, which is true. Um, but besides that. Had a rough week, but I'm glad I'm talking Giants with you, Bobby. How are you? I'm good. Um, the Nets won. I am a little, speaking of sleep, I'm so aggravated. Why would they put Lakers Suns at 1030? Why? 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 why, why? LeBron's on the brink why? of elimination, and they, they've got that game at 1030. Anyways, let's why? let's talk about Giants football, Justin. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, first, this episode was brought to you by Tom Reardon. Very quickly, Justin, who's Tom? As quick as you can. Tom Reardon went to patreon.com, uh, patreon.com backslash talking giants for $2 a month. He is supporting us, but he also is going to be getting some magnets in the mail. He gets to watch the shows as we record them live. He is entered into a raffle two times a month for a free shirt. And that means that you're just an overall great guy and you're one of our favorite people. One of our favorite people, 
but also not because we love everybody. Patreon.com backslash Talking Giants. I went off on a Patreon member a couple weeks ago. I don't know if you saw that, Justin. Yeah, I did. It was deserved. Um, all right, so we're doing the tour, the the way too early look at 2022 free agency, and it's not to be like, all right, this is our free agency plan, and this is what the it's just kind of let's look at some guys who can be, you know, like let's what positions could we be looking at a big name? What positions could we, you know, be looking at at middle mid tier players? It's just kind of a, I think it's a fun exercise for the offseason. Besides answering the same questions of, do you think Daniel Jones is going to take a jump forward? So we're we're trying to hit some different subjects. Which we're doing our 53-man roster on Tuesday. Which, as much as that sounds boring, it's actually a very exciting exercise. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, usually I get bored by some cliche off-season interesting things. Like, I'm a little bored by the free agency preview today. I'm excited to kind of talk about to see where Bobby maybe wants to put some big money. Or maybe when we want to go a little conservative and see if we kind of match up there. Um, But I actually was the one that kind of like, hey, I think we should do a, a pretty early on I know we usually do it anyway but a pretty early on 53 man roster prediction because this roster is so kind of cluttered with a lot of names that we know we recognize and you know some names that we kind of thought may be a part of the team are definitely going to be cut yeah yep but we'll we'll do that on Tuesday today we're doing the way too early look at free agency and what we do is I'm gonna ask Justin you got anybody at this position that you want to talk about and if we if he does he does um Last year, I asked you about quarterback and halfback first, tailback, and you didn't have any, and I didn't have any. Justin, do you have a quarterback or, or tailback that you, like caught your eye as a free agent for next year? No. No, no, not one. You know, backup QBs. We have Mike Glennon, so it's like he's a he's a, a perfectly serviceable backup QB, and then um, with tailback, like we we expect Devontae Booker to be back. Like we like, yeah, did we? I like Dion Lewis as a free agency signing last year, but he was on a one-year deal. Where this year, it's like Devontae Booker's on that two-year deal. We expect we expect Booker to be around after this year unless he stinks it up. So, no QBs or halfbacks. But, we might have a... Do you have a running back? No, the only one that really piques my interest just because I, I think I'm waiting for that one year where he actually really does something is Matt Breida. And that's just because he's really fast. But outside outside of that, no, there's no running back that I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta have him. Well, not all running backs are tailbacks. Some of them are fullbacks. Mmm, good for you, Justin. Do you know who the last player drafted by Dave Gelman for Carolina was? No, I do not. Alex Arma, fullback for the Panthers, six foot two, two hundred fifty five pounds. It'd be twenty eight. He was the last pick of the Dave Gelman era, Carolina. He's a good fullback. Like I've watched, I you know I've, when I've watched a Panther game, well, let me just watch Alex Armour when he's in there. He he blows dudes up, and he you know he can he can you know has a decent a little you know a little bit of receiving ability. I really like Alex Armour. I think he's in like that top five fullback area. I, I haven't went through every fullback, but it's like when I watch him, like I I, I really do like Alex Armour. And I'm a big believer of having a true fullback on your roster. We right now we have Elijah Penny and Colin Gillespie. I think Elijah Penny will win that battle. Um, but they both those guys are on one year deal, so maybe Dave Gelman goes back into the Alex Arm Arma well. Um so that was interesting. Tight end. No, I mean Evan I Ingram I, that's... is an expiring contract. Rudolph, you know, say things don't go good year one. It could be a, a position we look at even if it's a stopgap. No, I I think there's a better chance of of them bringing back Evan Ingram than them not bringing back Evan Ingram. But if Evan Ingram has an injury-riddled year, which he's had before, 
it could be like we're just not doing this anymore. Right. Now, this guy is not the most injury real injury free guy in the world. In fact, he's probably been just as bad as Evan Ingram. He was picked one spot before Evan Ingram. OJ Howard from the Bucks. Mm. They've yeah. got I don't know how much longer Gronk wants to play, but they've got Cameron Bray, who's a good one. Twenty seven years old, Alabama connection there with Joe Judge. Fourteen career touchdowns. Um, in 2019, where he played 14 games, he had 34 catches, 459 yards, touchdown. He could be, I could see him being like that one year flyer guy, you know, like the way they brought in, you know, now OJ Howard will, even if he doesn't deserve it, will, will get more than, you know, that, that Kelvin Benjamin, you know, not guaranteed anything, uh, contract, but you, I mean, I can see a world where OJ Howard gets 2.1 mil a year. You know, on, on a one-year deal or something. And I could see the Giants, you know, possibly going to that well. So, I have O.J. Howard on it if they, you know, like I said, Ingram doesn't work out. Um, Rudolph doesn't work out. Even if Rudolph does work out, they may move on from Evan Ingram and bring in O.J. Howard. Yeah. Do you think they would have drafted O.J. Howard? Do you think Jerry Reese would have drafted O.J. Howard if he was there with Evan Ingram? Um, no, because I think towards the latter end of Reese's tenure is a little bit more about the gadget fun players rather than, because Howard's definitely more of a conventional tight end. I mean, Howard's still, I think, a fun player, but, um, I love David no. Njoku because I was just, you know, the Miami guy and I didn't, sc- yeah. I didn't do the pretend scouting back then, but, uh, but I, I, I love David Njoku. I was, that was who I was hoping for at the time. Who I think I might rather have than Evan Ingram, to be honest, even though he's fallen, fallen down the depth chart. Wide receiver. Now. Wide receiver is always a fun position to look at in free agency, but we just added Kenny Galladay. You got, you know, Pettis and Ross on on one-year deals. You know, Slayton's still on his contract. Shep, they might be moving on from Shep. You drafted Kadarius Tony, So I didn't really want to, like, bring any names. But one, to appease our friend Tim Coffey. And two, you know, he he's on a one-year deal. I, I Tim Patrick from Denver. Six so foot four, 212 pounds. It's going to be 28 years old, 51 catches, 740 yards, six touchdowns in 15 games. I mean, listen, Denver has a ton of wide receivers. He's not. Last year he was a restricted free agent. This year he's unrestricted. So I do see him moving on from Denver. If there was one, like, hey, we just want to, you know, maybe maybe Slayton doesn't, you know, look good, and they want to pair another skyscraper on the outside with Kenny Galladay. Tim Patrick could be that guy. Yeah, and even just looking at this wide receiver class, you know, this is all just what is projected to be. And, you know, some of these guys, you know, they could be franchise tagged again, like an Allen Robinson. He could be tagged again, which even though I think that's unlikely. um, But, you know, so much could obviously change from now until next offseason. But even just looking at the free agents that are available, that are projected to be available next offseason, it's not that great. You know, Allen Robinson... I think he's the cream of the crop, and I think you know he's going to be unrestricted if he doesn't get anything worked out with Chicago. Chris Godwin, you know, Tampa Bay, you think that they're going to find a way. Tom Brady will continue to reduce his salary, and Chris Godwin will probably be a Tampa Bay buck. Devontae Adams, we don't know what's going to happen there. But then after that, Bobby, I mean, we're talking Will Fuller, who has his problems. You know, Robbie Anderson, who, you know, is... Was, is pretty okay. Jamison Crowder, okay. T.Y. T, uh, T. Hilton's got a little older. Juju, okay. So uh, just going down, you know, and Emmanuel Sanders, A.J. Cole, uh, AJ Green. So that's like the ranking of receivers that are kind of left after those initial three of Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, Devontae Adams. I'm glad the Giants kind of splurged a little bit this offseason. Obviously, they got the best guy that hit the open market, but I'm glad if there was an offseason that the Giants were going to splurge, 
and kind of get a wide receiver. It was last offseason when he had Corey Davis, um, when you had um, when he had the, who signed with Washington. And we, you know, last, I listened to our, our ours last year. Curtis Samuel, Corey Davis were both two guys. Alan, we actually didn't mention Kenny Gall. I was kind of unfamiliar with Kenny Galladay at this time last year, just as a football fan. And I remember when the Galladay trade rumor at the deadline came up. I was like, let me go watch this guy. And I watched him. I was like, oh my gosh! It's like him yeah. and him and Allen Robinson are one A, one B. Yeah. I wish I would have been a little more excited about him at this time last year, just so I could you know, like be like, look at me. I like Kenny Galladay for a long time, but I didn't like him for a long time. Me no like him long time. Me no like him long time. Um, and I'm not liking this 2022 free agency class in terms of it being top heavy um, for a very long time. But uh, some names that I do have down, I, I do have Tim Patrick down. Um, go up and get it. Uh, go up. Uh, go up and get the football deep down the field. Uh, four verts, Bobby. Zay Jones is a guy that I just liked uh, when he was young. So why not? He would basically be the same thing as bring on John Ross. Is like, hey, you haven't produced at the NFL level so far, so just bring on Zay Jones. Remember when Zay Jones like freaked out in a hotel and like got naked and was like trying to kill his brother or something? Was that an actual thing that happened? It was something. I'm I'm probably mischaracterizing it a little bit, but it was a yeah, wild probably. story, and I think it was like covered him. Like it was it was a crazy story. I think from like 2018. Then maybe I don't want him. Um, Rashad Perriman, <laughs> who I wanted this who I wanted this past off season, but. Uh, didn't once I looked into the advanced numbers, Brashad Perriman didn't do a lot of the things that I thought he did well. Um, but he's still a name that I like. He could still do something. Brashad Perriman Brashad, will be getting one year deals for the rest of his life just because he ran like a four two eight forty coming out of UCF. And then two guys who I actually think are better than the first three that I named: Christian Kirk and Anthony Miller. Kirk guys, is again, an interesting guys, case. I don't know yeah. what you know with Arizona adding their guys, Anthony Miller. Um, you can see Chicago maybe moving on. They keep Allen Robinson. They got Mooney. Maybe they maybe they add something else in the draft or something. So, yeah, um, yeah, it it could be that. You forgot one. Matthew Slater is gonna be thirty six years old. Do we? Hey, I would rather have Matthew Slater over Nate Ebner. Oh, this is the this is the special teams guy from New England. Yeah, no, that's all right. <laughs> I would rather that's him right. than Nate Ebner. That's all right. All right, offense. We're going to go offensive tackle first. I have two names for offensive tackle, one team. Now, let's say Matt Parrott doesn't work out this year, which is a very, you know, like that very real, that, that's a that's a very real situation that could happen as Matt Parrott doesn't work out. Two guys, one team. You can't sign both of them, New Orleans Saints, especially with all the cap situation. You guys have been in trouble. Taron Armstead will be 30 and Ryan Ramschick, 28, who the Giants probably should have drafted in 2017 instead of Evan Ingram. Both those guys are good tackles. Armstead might be like a top five tackle in the game. Like he is a beast out there, man. Like you watch Taron Armstead highlights. There's like him and Trent Williams have the best offensive line highlights, um, and his like pressure numbers are really good. That would be a hog molly worth getting. You get Nate Solder's ass off the books and slide in Taron Armstead, someone that, who's actually good, not someone who just benefited from being in the New England system playing with Tom Brady. Um, Taron Armstead or Ryan Ramchek. But I think Taron Armstead, I could see being the one who gets is able to walk because he is like that big name left tackle one, but he's going to be 30. And I could see the Saints be like, all right, we're going to pick Ramchick. Hopefully they don't re-sign both of them. But Taron Armstead, Taron Armstead might be the biggest free agent in 2022. So where, where would he go and play? 
for the Giants. Well, I'm, I'm talking about on the offensive line. I it would have know. to be the it right side. It depend how Andrew Thomas looked at left tackle this year. If Andrew Thomas just like was a true blue beast at left tackle, it's like, no, you don't move the young guy. Let Armstead play right tackle. But if Thomas... If Thomas looks good, but he has some struggles, you switch Thomas over to right tackle. He can do it. He's played it before. And oh, you're running to the right as a real thing, and, and Thomas is, is a mauler in the run game. So you could do that. Um, but it, it would it would depend on how Thomas would make that decision for us. Yeah, Andrew Thomas being good enough for us to say confidently he is our left tackle in 2022 – that is a take right now that is just implanted in my brain, and there's no other there's no other reality and option in my in my brain right now. I'm very as confident to, in AT though. Like I, I think, and I think there's it's not just like up oh, second year get better. It's like we saw him year one get better. Yeah, and a lot of it. I mean, it is crazy that when the whole Judge Colombo thing went down, that they were arguing about something, and then all of a sudden, Andrew Thomas stopped doing things. Um, and played a ton better. Had one bad game versus Arizona, which wasn't like... Like, if if that was his one bad game of the year, we wouldn't talk about it. You know what I'm saying? It, it was just kind of... Like, it, it was a bad game towards the end. It was more bad on yeah. the right side than it was the left side for that game. Yeah. Um, do you have any tackles? And if you don't, do you have any guys on the inside? No, I do not have any tackles because, like I said, I'm kind of uh, uh, full of ignorance, woefully ignorant with the fact that Matt Parrott and Andrew Thomas are going to take care of business this year. So if we need another swing tackle after we cut Nate Solder, I am all for that. Not really for a big name. But I do have three big names for the inside. Two that I have bolded um, in my notes, but three big names overall. And I don't, I don't really, really even want to say that they're, that they're big. Because Brandon Sheriff's obviously the biggest name that I think is going to be a free agent. But Andy, if he hits the open market, he's getting bananas money but i can't see washington letting him go i feel like he's like a washington for life kind of guy um but i think this this 22 free agency class this 2022 free agency class is pretty rich with offense alignment so i think if there's a time to kind of splurge in it if the giants are going to have that money and if there is maybe one guy that they want to put all their all the eggs in the basket for i think this offensive line it's pretty it's pretty rich uh for this upcoming offseason so the first guy that i have is wyatt teller um wyatt teller from cleveland um, he had an insane AV, which is approximate value, which Pro Football Reference does calculate that for offensive linemen. He had an AV of nine. Now, you may be, if you're familiar with the metric, you're like, oh, that's not that good. You really want to maybe get an AV above 10 for your offensive linemen. But he only played 11 games. So he missed a little bit more than a quarter of the season. And he was on pace for pretty much like a, a, a Pro Bowl, you know, nearing all pro um, type of year. Now, Something that all three of these guys have in common that I have on my list for interior offensive linemen. They're coming from very good systems. So, you know, are the guys making the system good or is the system helping them out? Um, I certainly think, you know, Wyatt Teller, him, him being a guard, if the Giants, uh, him being a guard for Cleveland, and he's been a guard for Cleveland for the last uh, two seasons, 2019. But Kevin Stefanski, obviously, he was just brand new in 2020. Um, he was drafted in 2018 by the Cleveland, by the Buffalo Bills in the fifth round. But if the Giants want to bring somebody in that can run a little bit more outside zone, if that's kind of like uh, the development that we want to bring Saquon Barkley along, we can do that. Next guy that I have in terms of interior offensive line is Connor Williams from Jay Dallas. Jones He's... was high on K2, I think. Danny Behan said high on synthetic. So I think Zay Jones was doing K2, which can mess a dude up. It can. 
Next guy I have for from Dallas Cowboys is Connor Williams. He's been a left guard, um, been a left guard since 2018. Um, he was drafted in the second round in the 2018 Jason draft. Garrett. And he's been, and that's the Jason Garrett connection. So he's been pretty much starting since he's got there. Um, this past season, he had an AV of eight, which is not too bad, pretty solid, in 16 games started. Um, and he's been a staple, you know, Dallas offensive line. It's been fluctuating the last couple of years. It's still been relatively decent, but he's been a staple there and he hasn't really missed a lot of time. Um, the last couple of years, he did, he did miss five games in 2019, but played all 16 games in 2020, which was a challenging year. Last guy that I have is Austin Cor- Corbett from the Los Angeles traded Rams. from the Browns. He was, he was actually supposed yes. to be the replacement for Kevin Zeitler and he just wasn't good, but I yeah. think he got, maybe got better. Yeah, no, he definitely did. He got a, he got a he got a little bit better. There's a reason why I have him third. He got a little bit better. So those are three guys to kind of keep an eye out for interior offensive line because I do think if there's one spot, orbit. if there's if there's one spot the Giants on the offensive line they're going to address in, in free agency, it would be interior offensive line instead of drafting another young guy. How about we just sign all five of you? No. Um, anything else on offense? No, I'm good. I only have three defensive players. How many defensive players do you have? I have. I actually have a lot. Um, I have one fun player, and then I have five other players. Do you have Chandler Jones for edge? I do. No, no, I don't. He's too expensive. Going to be 32, but if there's one position you want to spend money on, it would be Chandler Jones. Um, 32 years old. Obviously was injured last year, but in 2019 he had 19 sacks. Um Patrick Graham was his position coach for, for in New England, uh, and obviously the Joe Judge connection. He would be a real deal pass rusher, like real deal. If he has a good year this year, freaking bring me Chandler Jones. I don't care how much money it costs. I don't care how irresponsible it is. Get me Chandler Jones. I didn't realize that Chandler Jones was. He's approaching his mid thirties. Yeah, he'll be thirty two this time next. When Which I say will be, it's like when free agency, like, like. This this one year from today, this that's how old he'll be. So he'll be thirty two this time next year. Is it crazy to say that if if he kind of continues and he has a good final few years and a few year push, is it crazy to say that he's going to be a Hall of Famer? I mean, he had almost eighty sacks in like a four year span. Yeah, it's it's nuts. Um, you want to know what's crazy though? He only has, I think he only has two years of twenty five plus QB hits. But he has like a string of four years where, like you said, he has 80 sacks. It's it's actually insane. I mean, Marcus Golden, the best pass rushing duo in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. Um, Chandler Jones, how about that? He only played five games last year, so it was actually Hassan Reddick and Marcus Golden that were one of the the two of the best. Um, and, and add Chandler Jones to that mix with Golden. And, well, no, Hassan Reddick is not in. He is. He's not he signed a one-year deal, I think. With uh, Carolina. I thought he, he didn't go back to Arizona. Nope. Oh, wow. Well, good, good for you, Marcus Golden. Uh, and, uh, well, no, no, I'm talking about uh, Hassan Reddick. So who's the other, who's the third guy then? Well, it would, it would have been if, if the, if the Cardinals brought back. So it's still, it's, right now it's just Chandler Jones and Marcus Golden. Correct. Okay. And then next on my list, Bobby Skinner, is Hassan Reddick. Oh, I thought you were going to say um, Marcus Golden. No, no, no. I wish, I wish. That, that, that's not realistically going to happen. I think Marcus Golden's very salty about. His time and how his time ended in New York, as he should be. Got like 30% of the snaps, and they screwed him over contract-wise, and they didn't even play him. So um, he should be salty about it. But Hassan Reddick, he's my guy. Now, um, 
a lot of Giants fans, they were talking about him because he was a free agent this past offseason, so he got a one-year deal with Carolina. A lot of Giants fans were talking about him. This, you know, is like, oh, can this be a guy that we possibly go after? Because you know, he was one of the edge rushers that just didn't get signed for a hot sec. So can this can this uh, be a guy that we can afford? Now, Reddick is good. He's a good pass rusher. He has experience dropping back into coverage too. Um, you know, he's a giant killer because he had he had five sacks the game that we played him. Um, but that was five of his twelve and a half sacks came in one game. Seven of his thirty four QB pressures came in one game. Um, so you obviously you don't want to take all that away from him. You know, he had a really good game. You should be celebrated for having a good game. But let's see what he does this year in Carolina. Um, you know, if he can, you know, maybe if he, if he maybe if he doesn't even get like a tenth, if he has like an eight, ninth sack season, right? Doesn't break double digits, but he somehow gets 20 QB hits. Um, because last year in 2020 he had 16 QB hits. You know, if you break 20 QB hits, I'm kind of saying, hey, let's bring Hassan Reddick in. He seems like a player that Joe Judge would really like and a guy that would kind of fit here. So Hassan Reddick is one of my first uh, defensive players. Picture that Chad Slade just posted on Instagram. This is kind of an epic picture. Oh, yeah, that's great. You got Slade, Jones, Parrott, Hernandez, Gates, Saquon, and Andrew Thomas. Oh, I love it. That might be the picture of the offseason. I got a yeah, that's I got a comment. I'm going to comment from my Percy. Percy. Chad Slade doesn't get a not a lot of love because he just doesn't play. Oh wow, his account is private. That sucks. I have to do it from Talking Giants. Um, he is like best friend. Like he is like the he's like the glue guy of that offensive line. It's oh like yeah, everyone's the Chad Slade guy on that offensive line. Doesn't get enough credit for that. Big Chad Slade fans, Talking Giants. Um. But it's like we want Kyle Murphy to like kind of beat him out, which sucks. He he played he got some reps last year, and then remember they took him out at the goal line because they won the score. Tough picture of the off season. Oh, Tough. he just he just accepted my request. How about that? Oh, I mean I'm sure they Chad Slade. Yeah, I never. That is a great picture. The the, the background's even like um faded out. Yeah, that's a great. I'm picture. I'm gonna have to tweet it, even though LPG already tweeted it. Yeah. But it's like you know what LPG got it from. Chad Slade. Daniel Jones looks very happy. It's a shame for those who are not looking at the picture with us. Um, Alright, can I go into my next guy while you yeah, while you gonna, do all I'm this? I'm gonna try my best to listen to you while I post this. That's okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about a linebacker. How about that? I'm skipping I'm going past the edge rushers. John Bostick. Now uh we did swap, we did get a, a Washington edge rusher slash linebacker this past offseason, Ryan Anderson, so it's not a foreign concept. Now I think John Bostick is another giant killer. Um, for whatever reason, um, there's been the last couple of years when, whenever we've been watching a Washington game and John Bostic was just everywhere. He was all over the field for the, for, 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 um, for Washington. And he's kind of been a late bloomer in his career. He does have a Patriots connection in 2015. So if Joe judge, if he was in new England in 2015, that is a Patriots connection right there. It was only there for one year though. Um, it's been the last couple of years where really he has kind of bloomed. In 2017, with Indy, he had 97 tackles. 2018, he had 73. And then the last two years, he's had 105, 118, respectively. So he's really kind of come into his form, which before that, he didn't really have any kind of great, fantastic season. So John Bostic, he's been in the league since 2013. You know, he's approaching um, age you know, 31. He'll be 31 by the time that he's a free agent in 2022. Um, if we want to upgrade interior linebacker too, or even look for Blake Martinez's replacement, if this is going to happen, because his deal is going to be expiring somewhat soon, uh, John Basta can be kind of a good stop plug uh, guy to fit that role. We can take him from Washington. I like him. 
So you've had two division. Do you have any Eagles on this list? I do not. No. Oh. Um, I'm actually really excited to get the Giants stories because I want to talk about this picture now in the offensive line. But we, sure, we we got to get through this though. Um, I only have I have three more names. I have two What's more it? names. This guy, another guy who Patrick Graham was his position coach in New England, but it was a different position than Chandler Jones. Do you know who it is? No. Dante Hightower. I also have Dante Hightower, so take him off my list. He will be 32 years old, six foot three, two six. He obviously opted out of 2020, so a little fresh. And again, I mean, he's been like the backbone of that New England defense for a while. He, you know, I don't think like will Bill Belichick bring him back on a, on a bigger deal um, at the age of 32. When he's shown that he's not going to do that, plus he already paid a bunch of free agents uh, this past offseason, it could be a guy that the Giants give him like a big two, like you give him like a Kyle Rudolph type contract, but you know, probably a little more juice on it depending on how high Tower plays. Yeah. I mean, I think Dante Hightower would be like a perfect win now. Why not? Let's bring in the veteran type of move where hopefully the Giants are at this point next offseason where. You know, maybe we made the playoffs this year, right? You know, made the playoffs this year, won the East, maybe made a wild card. We're looking to make some final little upgrades to, you know, just improve our, you know, and, and you know, put some finite touches on this roster. And I think Dante Hightower's interior linebacker, too, bringing him in would be a nice little touch. So I'm for it. Um, he was also on my list. A guy that I have on my list, last linebacker, is uh, Jayon Brown from Tennessee. You know, we, we showed that we're, you know, we're willing to maybe even sign some guys without maybe any kind of sort of connections to this coaching staff this offseason, so that's great. So I don't have to go constantly searching for players that have a connection to the coaching staff. However, that usually does help. He went to UCLA, um, but he's been in the league since 2017, so I don't think there's any connections. Um, but the last couple of years, he's been a pretty good pass rusher. Um, you know, in 2018, he had six sacks, 10 QB hits, which is kind of insane. Um, he had a sack in 2019, sack in 2020, had about 105 tackles in 2019, which was his best year, 14 games in 2020, played 10 games. So this is a guy the last couple of years that has not played 16 games. So depending on how he does in 2021, if he doesn't put together a full 16 game campaign, you know, Hey, there's something in the water in Tennessee. These guys can't stay healthy. If he can't full, finish a full 16 game campaign, maybe you get him on the cheap, um, as a free agent. And hopefully he can stay healthy for us. So he's got some talent, um, pretty athletic, got some pass rusher moves, has some coverage ability too. Jayon Brown from Tennessee. Bam. Linebacker. Micah Kaiser is a free agent. I'm not going to talk about him. Do you know Jamal Adams is, is going to be like, they haven't, I'm surprised they haven't extended him yet. All they gave up for him. I think he'll be a really good edge rusher for the Giants if we, if we consider him. I know. I'm not, I don't, I know we're not going to consider him. Um, Jabril Peppers is a free agent, which seeing his name on that list gets, I don't think he's going to get resigned. I hate to say it, but how crazy do you think people will go if Evan Ingram gets resigned? Not, not even. But it's not correlated. Well, no, I'm just talking about fans. This fan, think think as a fan here, Bobby, because that's what we do. How crazy would it be if Evan Ingram is number one signed before Jabril Peppers, and number two is signed over? Jabril Peppers, like just in general. I don't want the that world to happen. Burn. I don't. I don't want, I don't that want that it happen. to happen either. Um, I don't want it to happen. All right, can we do giant stories? Um, Devin McCourty, we should also sign him. Nah, we had our chance this year. We didn't do it. That's no. That's no. That was Jason. I get them Devin so freaking mixed up. It's so annoying. Devin McCourty is the guy that I actually worked out with 
Jason, I did not work out with. Devin, you know, he's going to be like 35. So why not bring safety? Bring him in. 35 years old. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Giant stories. Let me do a last checkup on, on Instagram stories. Make sure. Wait, actually, actually, before I do giant stories, should I read something or no? Yeah, uh, yeah go ahead. Read it. Yeah. So, Bobby Skinner, playoff basketball is still going strong. And what that means is that DraftKings Sportsbook. It's not only my favorite sportsbook, but also it's America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It is easy to navigate. It has plenty of instructions for new bettors and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook. They've been loving using the promo code JOHNBOY that helps support us which, whenever you use it, so thank you for doing that. Um, and I know you will too. Listen to this great offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1, $100 in site credits. That's right. Pick any basketball team that is still in contention. Sorry. The Knicks are not. The Knicks Leave are not Leave them back. alone. The Knicks are not back anymore. I guess we have finally reached the point where the Knicks are Good not Good news back. is that they can come back. They can be back again next year. They can be back again. So Hopefully they can all the first overachieve all, again. I want this same energy. I better feel the same energy of Giants are back just like Knicks were back. Okay, I want the same energy happening this year. All right? But can we be and, actually good, though? Oh, wow, that's tough. That's tough. <laughs> All right, I'm Pick done. Any- I'm done. No more Knicks slander for another, like, n- t- n- 10 months. Okay, I just have to months. get a little bit out. Pick any basketball team that is still in contention. So, like the Nets or the Hawks. Bet $1, and if that team wins, you win $100 in site credits. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds, promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. It's safe. It's it's secure. It's reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JUMBOY when you sign up to turn $1, $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code JUMBOY for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years older. New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLE or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Giant stories. Play the music. Corey Clement was rapping. I think he's actually a rapper. Um, so we got two rappers, Kadarius uh, Tony and Corey Clement. Which, by the way, Kadarius Tony signed his contract, but that's not really news. Carter Coffin was paddleboarding Efedi Odenegbo. He bought some bonsai trees. And he named them Kusama, Gento, Makoto, and then Mono, Monica Lewinsky and Dumbo. Nick Gates, Jonathan Harrison, Shane Lemieux, Chad Slade, Brett Heggie, and Jake Burton. They were partying on the Jersey Shore. Jonathan Harrison, it, it seems like he kind of is, I think he's kind of like a uniter on that offensive line. You know, I know Chad Slade is too, but, but he's there. Leonard Williams was boat living and he was at the Nets game. Lorenzo Carter was doing fireworks. Scary. Saquon Barkley was at the Indianapolis 500. Austin Johnson was playing top golf. And Daniel Jones and Kyle Rudolph, while not on their Instagram stores, were at the Knicks game and got a very much louder applause than Zach Wilson. Mm. Wow. So, 
almost Friday. Will Hernandez started it, but I think we have really built on to it. We're like Nick Gates is now posting almost Fridays. Uh, Chad Slade is posting all like, I think we, you know, Will started it, but we're kind of giving it like, all right, man, let's get this thing rolling a little bit. I, I think we, um, uh, I, 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 th- I, th- I think we're, uh, I think we're uh, maybe I'm just giving myself a lot more credit than than should be. Oh no, no. Um, I only posted one today. I only posted that one. Uh, one. one it, it probably is my favorite hit from the 2020 season of Dexter Lawrence. Just absolutely, just putting up a. a a Rams running back on his ass. It was him and Marcus Golden, but it was mainly Dexter Lawrence's big hit. Um, and the TV broadcast got a bad angle on it, but they got a good enough angle so you can actually see the big hit. Um, it was a good tackle for Dexter Lawrence. Um, Bobby? Seems like there's going to be a lot bigger attendance at OTAs this time around than there was last week. I would love that. Um, LPG tweeted out something about Kenny, like a, a cryptic Kenny Galladay well, the, tweet. The um, irrelevant Matt Lombardo said that he's there. Good, great. Well, I love that. Um, so the, it just feels it just feels good. Got the boys back together. Yeah, it's I. I feel like you should like OTAs. Like it's not the hardest yeah. work in the world. Like you get to you know get to be around you know just the guys. Saquon was doing. The, he was at the Indy Five Hundred for some type of sponsor. How about Elio Castroneves, man? Getting his fourth. I mean, I I remember him winning it in like two thousand two. I think like two thousand one to two thousand two. I think he won back to back Indy Five Hundreds. I have a question. Go for it. What if you are lactose intolerant? Do they still make you drink the you milk? You have to. I don't. I, here's something. I'm not lactose intolerant. I've drank one glass of milk in my entire life. I'm not a milk guy either. I'm not a milk guy. But I, I would chug that milk there. It doesn't matter if you're, you have to deal with it. You you get them. The, maybe you get them. If you're lactose intolerant, we're like the 1% milk. Like, will it really, will it still mess you up? I don't know. Let us or just so, get so, you know lactose intolerant pills or whatever that just counterbalance lactose intolerant it right away. pills. Yeah, sure. So, dude, but Indy Five Hundred is always a great event. I was that was a that was a fun end of that race. Corey Clement and Kadarius Tony Young Joka, um, Young Jaka. I've Are tried we to listen a- to Kadarius Tony's Tony's raps and they suck. I don't know what you're talking about. I enjoy it. <laughs> Do we think there's going to be a collab of uh, of some sort? No, um, I don't. Fetty Odenko is the personality of the team. He's got a big personality. I like a Fetty. What was he doing? He bought some bonsai trees. And just his Instagram's like Wait. I wrote down trees. I missed the name. I if you were to just tell all these Instagram stories, this should actually be something that we do one day. I should guess what like the player. And I would have guessed it would be um uh Galaspia or whatever his name is. Oh yeah, the hip he so the fullback Colin Gillespie, like the Earth Day joke, like is more than. <laughs> should I tell? It's this? more than just. Should I tell the story on the podcast? I think you already have told it before. Well, basically, one of our listeners, Liam Sheehan, on Earth Day was like, "Why would I want to celebrate Earth Day? The Earth sucks. Talking Giants versus the world." And so I, I sent that to Colin, and I was like, "I was like, man, I was like, I like Earth Day, but I'm conflicted here." And he was like, "I." I feel bad for that person. It's like it's a joke. Colin Gillespie is like he's pretty hippie with like all the Earth Day stuff, which is good for him. You know, he, I like it. It's initiative. I mean, the planet is dying. You're dying. Not to get dark and morbid. You're dying. Um, I am. I'm falling asleep at <laughs> at eight p.m. every night. Uh, I am. We. Someone said lactose tolerant pills. 
And then Christopher Thompson in the chat That's said, nobody is actually lactose intolerant, which is... Wow. It's a myth. You may not... It may not sit with you well, but it does like... Like, will it send you an, you know into shock like a bee sting if you're allergic to bees? Um, I mean, they, that's they like being like you're to... pollen, pollen intolerant. It's like, yeah, does it screw you up? Do you have allergies? Yeah, but it's like you're not intolerant. Like, you can tolerate it. And I'm sure they got room in the fire suits to, to drop a little dookie. Oh, that's disgusting. Um, Lorenzo Carter, fireworks, your thoughts? I can't even remember if they were big or what. But, hey, have fun. Fireworks are fun. I did, I, and I tweeted about no Giants players being arrested. And then there was a good quote tweet, which, you know, it did hurt a little bit. But someone said, as long as they stay away from the three Fs, you're good. Florida, fireworks, and firearms. Which is like, that felt a little personal. Um, Those are some of your favorite. It's like, you know, these are a few of my favorite things from uh, The Sound of Music. Your version is when when the firearm goes off, when the fireworks go off, when I'm in Florida. Oh, man. Uh, (laughs) You need to come down here for, like, the 4th of July week. I do? Yep. The offensive line. I love the way this... I hope this offensive line is good. Because they are friends, and they gel together, and they hang out. And they all seem like cool. I hope these guys are good, man. I hope we have the same feeling of of them as we do, you know, the Mackenzie, Snee, O'Hara, Soybird, and Deal. I really do. Because I like this group of guys. There's not a, I'm not, you know, I'm not a big Nate Solder. Nate Solder's not hanging out with the guys. He's, he's, no, he's not. He's living his best. Like he's being a, like a, he's probably a better person than all of them. And that's not a shot at them. It's just, you know, speaking of who Nate Solder is, but it's like these, these group of guys, man, I really do like them. Like I, I think I'd enjoy spending time with them. Yeah. I mean, at least four of them, you know, AT, Gates, um, Lemieux and Parrot. They have the potential to be here for the next few years. You know, we don't know what's going to happen with Hernandez. You know, root, rooting for you maybe to get that contract extension if you play well enough this year. Um, but four of them, you know, they they have the chance to be here for a couple of years, like that kind of, you know, like that core group that you know we know when we loved it, you know, like they did in the the late two thousands. So I hope let's Chad rock and roll. Slade beats out Zach Fulton. Wow, that'd be fun. Yeah, not because I think he's better, just because like you know. He's he's a he's he's a glue guy for that offense. He's line. a glue guy. Yeah. All right, Justin. We did. I did a quick interview with Daniel Jones trainer Mickey uh, Bruckner, and I realized as the interview started that remember the whole like Eli has a new throwing coach who you know has worked with a lot of top baseball players and stuff. That was um that was Leiter. Yeah, or, or no, not it wasn't. Uh, Al Leiter was not his. I don't know. Al Leiter, Jack Leiter, Jack Leiter's son. Al Leiter is the former Major League Baseball pitcher, so it's Al Leiter's trainer. Yes, I remember that was a story. That's who yes. this is, and I, I, and, and oh. so I asked a question, and we got to it. So I won't spoil it all. Not the, you know, not the most intriguing interview, but it's some good information if you like it. It's it's short, like 12, 13 minutes. So here is Mickey Bruckner. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right. We now welcome on to the program. He's a trainer. He's the founder of Annex Sports, Mickey Bruckner. He's working with Daniel Jones, which is the main reason we're having him on. Mickey, first of all, thanks for coming on. Before we get into Daniel Jones, what is Annex Sports? You know, obviously it's a training facility. Is it, you know, just pro athletes to high school athletes? Where is it? Like, what is the deal with Annex Sports? Yeah, so I started the Annex back in 2006. I'm a former uh, collegiate baseball player. Um, Had some injuries that 
stopped my career. And uh, I've, I've always kind of worked almost exclusively with overhead throwing athletes. And so over the years, I've just built like a, a system as to which I'm dealing with, you know, pitchers, throwers, quarterbacks, things like that. So um, the Annex has been around since 2006. We're in Chatham, New Jersey. We work pretty much almost with all, uh, you know, amateur and professional athletes. We do some adult fitness and things like that. But my my main thing day to day is working with guys like Daniel and some of our higher, higher level athletes. But um, yeah, I mean, it was basically something that I fell into love with as an athlete and, and just kind of continue to do my work with these guys. So right. how did you get hooked up with Daniel? You know, we didn't know last year he spent time with Anthony Boone with QB yep. country and obviously the Duke connection there. How did you get hooked up with Daniel? Yeah, so I worked with Daniel last year before quarantine for about a month. And then he ended up moving back down to North Carolina. But I met uh, Daniel through Eli uh, Manning. So I trained Eli in his last year uh, of, of football. So he came to me more or less just trying to build arm strength and, and working on things specifically based on building arm strength. And so uh, Eli had some good success with the stuff we had done and felt like it really helped him out. So obviously he made the recommendation uh, to Daniel to work with me once he kind of jumped on board with the Giants. Uh, I actually know uh, through also Daniel and Eli, uh, David Morris, who founded the QB Country, like you referred right. to earlier. Uh, I don't know Anthony too well. We haven't, you know, he's in, in North Carolina. I'm in Jersey, but uh, I also do some work with them as well. Um, and I manage their New Jersey location. So it's kind of a, a big roundabout way, but really it was ultimately through Eli. So now that you, um, you mentioned it now. So now we are familiar, more familiar with you than we thought. Cause yeah. I remember the Eli, you know, the last year getting the, you know, the new trainer. So, yeah. so that's cool that, uh, you know, it's running through that. Yeah. Now I mentioned um, Anthony last year and, and with talking with him, the thing is they worked on a ton of stuff mechanics, but there was, you know, a lot of fumbles in Daniel Jones rookie year. And Daniel went to him and was like, do everything you can. Oh, it's constantly trying to swat that ball out of my hand obviously you're working on everything, but what is like that main thing that Daniel or you spotted and are, are trying to work on and improve from year two to year three? Yeah. So by trade, I'm a strength coach, right? So I look at biomechanics and I, I, I certainly specialize with throwers and in terms of power building and efficient passer, building arm strength, you know, velocity, all that type of stuff. Um, so I look at biomechanics and how we can uh, improve an athlete in the way they move and better strategies that they have to achieve certain positions so that, you know, they can throw a ball harder and, and, and be more efficient with their arm path. But I also look at from a, a movement standpoint in the pocket, you know, I also kind of dissect like what are, what are athletes doing? What can they do better? Now, obviously when you're working with professional athletes, they're already performing at a very high level. That's why they're there. Right. Uh, but my job is to say, okay, here are the things that you do very well. What's our lowest hanging fruit here? What can we improve upon, be it a strength and stability standpoint, a mobility standpoint, um, just a, you know, a motor standpoint. So with Daniel, it's more or less like he had some of those lower extremity injuries last year that, that, that kind of um, ended his season. So he's kind of working through some of that stuff and kind of building back some strength there in his lower half, um, especially at the foot and ankle. And really from a, a pocket movement standpoint, he just needs, you know, we're just working on building better proficiency with being able to absorb force and redistribute force, whether that's, you know, evading pass rush, you know, hitting the, his, the, the, the steps in his, in his drops and then evading pass rush or just, you know, going into like a quick reset and delivering a ball. 
you know, those things kind of go hand in hand with their ability to do those things from a biomechanical and force standpoint. So really our goal this year was trying to say, you know, I, I assessed him when he came back and, and, you know, based on what I had spoken to him about, I'm like, this is what I think from my perspective, I can help you out most with and what I think you need to be working on just to stay healthy and, and build performance. So off platform throws seems to be like the new, like, you know, buzzword when it comes to QBs and QBs coming out. And yep. we've seen like, you know, you see the you know, Zach Wilson, who, you know, just went to the jets and, and, uh, you know, the Patrick Mahomes, is that something specifically you guys work on? Like is the, you know, the rolling to the left or, or like, you know, throwing off of different platforms. Well, I think it's certainly been a bigger part of the game now. Um, and I think whether you're, you know, obviously we're, we're trying to build some continuity with his drops and making sure like that's consistent. Um, but, you know, a lot of part of the game now is, is also, like you said, off-platform throws. And, and really the mechanics is, I think a lot of times when you think of arm strength, people are focusing more exactly what's happening at the arm. But a lot of times, generally speaking, if you're trying to build arm strength, it's a lot of stuff that has to happen to self-organize and create good movement strategies in order to build power at by the time you get to ball release. So, you know, some of the stuff we do is more like med ball work and things that, that that's creating rotational power, whether he's in, you know, a, a simple like three-step drop or if he's throwing on the run or things like that. But I think the, the principles that we're trying to drive arm strength is more or less being able to, to drive force from the ground up you know, whether that's on the run or, you know, a simple, you know, in the pocket pass, I think those things, again, they, they all go hand in hand. So. You, you mentioned the lower body injuries. Obviously I'm not going to ask you, you know, exactly how, but is that something you guys like can get better at and seen results at, or is it, you know, from a fan's view and, and me not knowing all about the stuff, it just looked like, ah, oh, he's just kind of had some injuries, but is that something like you guys work on specifically like preventing injuries? Yeah. Yeah. So when we first started back in uh, early to like mid-March, it was really just building a foundation. And the key is we want to try to get these athletes as resilient as possible. So repeated exposure to some of these really challenging, stressful movements. Um, you know, so the foundation was really like, let's, let's create an opportunity where he can learn how to decelerate his weight, learn how to like build a better braking system, you know, cause that was where he was struggling most. And then as you start to build proficiency there, then you can start working on like planting and cutting and doing the, and it's, it's really just the drills that we choose really kind of feed him into the right position and create good, good positions, good patterns. Like, so that by the time he gets out on the field, that things are moving and operating in a, in a way that he's, he's efficient, he's resilient, you know, he's done it a hundred times and he's not going to break down. And I think that's the biggest thing is like making sure that they've, their body has been put through some of these stressors so that it's the first time they're not experiencing it is on the field. They've been through it several times and it's just building, you know, overall work capacity and resiliency. So how often are you guys uh, working right now? I know they're, they just started OTAs last week and the next you know few weeks they'll be doing that. How often are you guys working in, in New Jersey? Yeah. So a lot of the stuff I'm doing with him is supplementary to the stuff that he's already doing at the facility. Um, you know, so work, we're working on arm strength and more of his overall just movement um, and speed and agility stuff. But for the most part, we're training almost every day, uh, except weekends, of course. But, you know, my my job is to kind of give him what he's not getting and and, and essentially give him some of that extra stuff that, that, that he's looking to, to do and, and maybe uh, help with some of these these things that he's trying to get better at. So, So besides just, you know, you know, the, the regular training stuff, 
you're you said you're spending your talk you're with him every day so you're talking how does he feel about his his you know his growth because after that first year with obviously you know there's a coaching change a lot of you people including myself were very high in his rookie season you had turnovers and stuff like that but you know a, a good aggressive young QB is going to have that and then in year two where you did see improvements and a lot of stuff but you also didn't get the the big numbers and the offense wasn't great. How does he feel about like that progression from year one to year two and, and working the, to year three? Yeah, I think the biggest thing I've noticed with him is he's trying to get reps with his, his guys, like his, his team members. Um, and I think he's just trying to build a rapport with them so that, you know, collectively they can all come together and, and compete as a team. Um, I think from a personal standpoint, I think what makes him unique and, and any high competitors, they're always looking at ways of improving. And that's really like, that's, that's why we've developed a good relationship is, you know, he comes to me and he's like, here's the things I want to work on. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll look at you and figure out like where we can make some improvements. But for the most part, I think the biggest thing I've seen with him from, from, from the perspective that you're coming from is more or less like trying to get more reps and more continuity with his teammates. And I think that's where he feels like um, stepping up more as a leader and, and fulfilling that role is, has been important to him. So Right. Does he, does he ever talk about like the, the New York pressure? Cause I, I, I feel for him because he, he is, and, and, Co and Cutcliffe talked about it when, you know, he, he got booed on his draft night and coach and Cutcliffe said to him like, this is good, man, because you don't, you're, you don't get no honeymoon. You need to go to work right away. Does he ever like, you know, talk about like, you know, it kind of sucks that it's, it's oh, people, even when he plays, you know, when there's good games, there's always like a, a faction or people looking to pick because that is kind of what sells and drives clicks now. And, and it's just yeah. kind of like the New York way. I, I can't stand it. So uh, <laughs> I'm sure it, it annoys him a little bit too. Uh, I mean, if it did, it, it wouldn't show like he's got pretty thick skin. Um, I mean, he's never complained to me once about it. Uh, it for him, it's always focused on like, how can I get better? Always getting better every day. Um, he's never had any negative things to say about the challenges that, that come with playing in New York, um, which there are many. So, you know, he's, he's pretty good, pretty good about it. It is crazy, man. And I admire him for the way he, he attacks the day and, and doesn't let things phase him where it's like, you know, I would, you know, I would melt under that. And I, and, and, and most people would, and, and, you know, I always, you know, you work with Eli and, and I like Philip Rivers. I think he's a hall of famer. But I was like, you know how much more scrutiny that guy would have on his career if he, you know, had to walk in those same footsteps of, of Eli Manning. Um, but I think but I that's what that that's what makes them able to do what they do. You know, that that there's like a they're a unique personality and character trait that allows them to just tune all that stuff out. And that, yeah. again, you know, you talked about Eli, like he, nobody did that better than him. Like he 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 had nothing. Like his headspace was only focusing on the task at hand. So. Yeah, and you, and you see it the res, you, the resilience you know off the field and then on the field you know you know you you watch him it's it's rare to find a quarterback who is willing to you know stare down a hit and deliver a throw like Daniel like Eli and it's like I, how how do you not flinch at that and stuff so I I I like him and I think he's he's built for it and, and I'm looking forward to year three, yeah. um, Mickey I appreciate you joining us let us know if you ever need anything and uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, Bobby, appreciate your time. Thank you. No holds bad. He he took me in the low post and won, but I think we had on the varsity. Thank you for coming on the show, Mickey Bruckner. 
fun stuff. Just such fun freaking stuff. So this is the end of episode 300. We'll be back on Tuesday. Media will be at OTAs when you're listening to this. So we'll, I'm sure we'll have some talking points from that. And then we're going to do our 53-man roster. Um, not prediction, what we would do. And then maybe we'll talk about a little about prediction. Like, I'm not going to put Nate Ebner on my what I want to do, but I would predict Nate Ebner's on it. Um, so there's that. Um, this is the end of episode 300. Any plans for the weekend, Justin? Yes. My best friend um, who graduated from college last year, we are having his graduation party on Saturday. Um, there will be plenty of adult beverages involved that I will not be drinking because I don't drink. Very nice. Very nice. Um, hopefully get some good weather, man. I, I, now I know everyone in the Northeast was complaining that you guys don't have good weather for Memorial Day weekend. It was great here, not to brag, but it's looking like it's going to get some rain on Friday and Saturday, but you know what? Maybe Sunday I can, I can get it. We can get out to the beach. Oh my God. It's going to be in the nineties this weekend in New Jersey. Really? It's not, it's going to be, so it's going to be hotter there than it is in Florida. The high for this weekend is 86, but that's because it's going to be super cloudy. Oh my gosh, yeah. Alright, so it's going to be beautiful and hot in New Jersey. So we have the exact dichotomy opposites this weekend. So there you go. Alright, well, enjoy your guys' weekend. One week closer to Giants football. Woo! Enjoy some NBA playoffs. Enjoy some NHL playoffs. Enjoy whatever you want to this weekend. Let's be real. Enjoy yourselves. And we'll see you back here on Tuesday. But until then, let's go Big Blue. Big Blue.